This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. Mm. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. I do know you. What do you mean? No, I, I said you don't own me. Oh, I thought you said you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I know you. I've known you. I'm married to you. I've yeah. known you for a long time. Yes, Are we doing do. witty banter now? This is witty banter, Ken. Excellent. So I found out a couple of interesting things this week that I was completely unaware of. What? First of all, that there is a culturally black birthday song, which I had no freaking idea. Like, it was a mystery to me. I was not – it blew me away that there was these secret things that I yeah. didn't know about. And I, I was tried surprised to, you didn't know. I, I didn't. I had no idea. Oh. I also found out that Black Dynamite is an animated TV series, and it's the best thing that I've ever seen. And I love the Black Dynamite movie. And I, it is just has an amazing cast, and it's funny as hell. Has that been your theme for the week? Like you've experienced, I don't know, the black experience. <laughs> no, I'm experiencing the white experience of not knowing about the black ex- black experience. You're like, Holy shit! There's a whole other world out there. I was completely blindsided. I had well, no idea. Yeah, I, you still don't know the black happy birthday song, do you? No, sing it for me. No. Because you don't know it. I do. (laughs) Happy birthday. Yeah, I know. I just don't want to fucking sing on the fucking microphone. And it's a closely guarded secret. I can't let all the white people know. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get in trouble, Ken. All right. So, hi, everyone. I'm Sunny Megatron. What's going to happen? The Black Mafia is going to come in and get you? We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. (laughs) It's a closely guarded secret. It is. It is. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonny Megatron. And I'm Ken Melvoin-Berg. And this is American Sex. <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, you were supposed to say that part, but we're all Oh, I'm not up. looking at my sheet yet. I'm cleaning my glasses. Oh, well. I thought we were doing witty banter. You, you double tell me, can't see. You, you're not looking tell me and you're doing it. actually really started. You said we were doing witty banter. Oh, God, Ken. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoin-Berg. And this is Sonny Megatron, and we did this part already. And welcome to American Sex Podcast. <laughs> On last week's episode, we unveiled our voicemail number. Yes, we have a Skype voicemail number that you can call Ken, and ask. A- I'm sorry. This is supposed to act like you're just saying it off the cuff. Like we're not supposed to I act like, like we're it reading. my way better. <laughs> Why do you always have to interrupt me while I'm doing cool stuff? Why? <laughs> I was fine. I was happy. And you like just want to be a buzzkill and kill everything. All my joy in life. I'm sorry. Go ahead. On last week's episode, <laughs> we unveiled our voicemail number. Ken. 
you know what? You might want to put a note in there saying that, hey, read this in a natural voice. Everything's in a natural voice unless no, it's No, it's not because I don't read things in a natural <laughs> well, voice. Well, you start. On last week's episode, we unveiled our secret voicemail number. Yes, we have a <laughs> Skype voicemail number that you can call and ask us your sex questions. We'll answer some of those on air and be mindful. We may play your message on a future episode. The number is 773-683-3869. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> okay. So last week, Ken asked if our phone I'm just going on. Ken asked if our phone number spelled anything. And I was like, well, no. It was just a randomly generated Skype voicemail. And then I was like, after we recorded our intro yesterday, yesterday, whatever the fuck, I was like, you know, I'm going to look it up. So I put it in one of those uh, Wait, number. To... I, I can't let that go. Yesterweek. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you all know what I mean. Menopause brain. Anyway, so I put it in there and I found out that not only does it spell something, it spells lots of some things and it spells lots of really appropriate some things. And we struck gold. So 773-683-3869, our voicemail number also spells seven rented toy. <laughs> And it spells 773 nude vow, which means like you have next time you listen to American Sex Podcast. No, right now, right now, take off your clothes. You have you promise to listen to American <laughs> Sex Naked. Take and your nude and vow. if you have dirt and water nearby, 773 mud fun nine. <laughs> nine times. I don't know. Uh, and w this is one of my favorites because the mental image is amazing. 77 emu detox so i picture all of these big birds like i've been i've been drinking you know lemon water and cayenne pepper for five days bitch like detoxing emus i, I pictured it almost like a, a britney spears-esque emu that is in the rehab center an emo emu no <laughs> emu detox they're detoxing i know but emu emu because kind of no it's my play emo. on words okay uh, whatever that was bad okay. that was a shitty play on words it was a shitty play on words what else does it spell ken seven seven three nude eight ounces eight oz <laughs> and the winner is this is what we will call our new voicemail number Wait, like, let's say it together seven seven, seven three muff toy so it's like the stars aligned and knew that it was us that needed a skype skype voicemail number so yeah if you have a sex question for us dial 773 muff toy that's 773 m-u-f-f-t-o-y yes and so we had our first anonymous caller leave us a question we're let's gonna, listen to we're it we're gonna play it right now good afternoon my name is johnson longfellow and I have a question about anal prolapses. What is the best wine pairing to go with an anal prolapse? Well, obviously, the perfect wine pairing for anal prolapse is a rosé. <laughs> get, get it? That, is, that was so bad that it was kind of good. I kind of love you a little more now. So in the audience, if you had a keen ear, yeah, it was Ken calling. But we were testing it out. So call us and uh, leave us interesting questions about prolapses. <laughs> No, no, we've we've had enough about prolapses. Like, let's hear about some. Well, you know, if you have a genuine question about a prolapse, please leave us the question. Okay, or any like you know lead up to the punchline of one of our jokes, like that one, or prostate, or G spot, or cuckolding. If you have a question about cuckolding, yeah. If you have a question about um, chastity, like long term male chastity, right. give us a call about that, or about banging grandmas, like. Eh, Anything you want to talk about, anything at all, 
about banging grandmas? What if, what if, or grandpas? What if listeners have a question about like going out of town and wanting to find a nice, sexy space to be with their lover? I'm doing a lead in. Can you tell? You're looking at me like, what? And now I get it. <laughs> Listeners, this month, we've been talking a lot about Kink B&B. They are a great service, kind of like Airbnb, but for sex and kink-friendly spaces. Kink B&B is a subscription-based community designed to connect owners of kinky spaces with people that want to play in them around the world. They have 475 approved properties in over 250 cities to choose from. On kinkbnb.com, you can find anything from a fully equipped dungeon space to a sex-friendly location perfect for orgies or swinging. Rent spaces in your own city for a spicy evening out or in another town as your vacation rental. And this month, Kink B&B is adding to its services, which is pretty damn cool. They're expanding their directory to include services available from various service providers to complement your travel experience. So if you'd like to post a service listing ad, you can do it for free. Simply go to kinkbnb.com slash services slash ads. Now that's their beta URL. The service selection will be fully launched on January 1st, but you're listening here so you can get in on it early. Remember, kinkbnb.com is continually adding new guests and spaces to their library. If you have a play space, listing with kinkbnb is a great way to let people know about your space and make a little extra money with it, too. Also, it's always free to list a space with kinkbnb. So if you're interested in checking it out, head to kinkbnb.com. That's kink, the letter B, the letter N, the letter B.com. And if you become a subscriber, you can get 50% off your first six months by using code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, in the coupon field at kinkbnb.com. And listeners, don't forget our December giveaway. Yes, every month on American Sex Podcast, we give away sex toys and accessories to our listeners. You heard that right. Free sex toys. Just for listening, this month we've teamed up yet again with Castle Megastore to give away the Lalo Sona. So if you want to get out on this, what you need to do is go to sunnymegatron.com slash Sona. That's S-O-N-A. And entry is super easy. You just follow like some of the tasks in the contest, which it'll be like, follow us on Twitter or make a comment on our blog post. Easy stuff. And you're entered to win with everything that you do. You get another entry in the hat. And now if you haven't heard of the Sona, I am a huge fan. If you've heard of the Womanizer toys, it's sort of similar to that, but it uses sonic technology. It is my new best friend. It really is. So head to SunnyMegatron.com slash Sona to enter to win. This week, we are talking with transgender porn star Wendy Williams. And I have to say, this is the only episode where I laughed a little. I cried a little. I was sad. I was happy. My emotions went like the entire gambit all over the place. Wendy spoke with us about aging, about depression, about the challenges of being trans and the challenges of being trans in porn for 17 years. This is a very difficult industry for anybody, but if you're trans, it's even that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did get a, a little heartfelt for a few moments there. And Wendy did not hold back and she let us in to see some of the joys and challenges she's going through being an adult performer that doesn't really fit any of the traditional molds that many in our industry fill. And also, now Wendy's got some really strong opinions, listeners. So she reiterates many times throughout the interview that her opinions are her own, that she's not 
not a spokesperson for any sort of you know, collective consensus in the trans community, and that some of her views are quite controversial within that community, too. So towards the end of the interview, she talks about how we can all benefit from learning from each other and that with time and experience, views can change. Any views can change. And she welcomes continued dialogue about some of the controversial topics that she brings up. And she welcomes that through email, social media, etc. Now, one of the things that I wanted to add about this particular episode is if you agree or disagree with Wendy, contact her independently of us. These are her opinions, and she is more than happy to dialogue with just about anybody about the things that she had talked about. Here is Wendy Williams. We have to be specific here because the name Wendy Williams, you could be a punk rock star. You or, could be yeah. – oh, no, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, the, the fainting talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> Which you are none of those people. Uh, and we want to talk to you because you're an amazing adult trans performer. And you have just done some incredible stuff. You've got a great background. Your history with award winning is legendary. Uh, and we have Miss Wendy Williams with us today, everybody. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, yeah, the name situation, let's get that out real quick. Um, <laughs> I've been in the industry for almost 20 years. So I, my name was, uh, was way before um, Wendy Williams, the talk show host, became famous. In fact, she threatened to sue me when she was on the radio. What? You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was on the radio. I received a phone call that they were Googling her on air and my website came up and she uh, threatened to sue me. But unfortunately, I had already established the name and it's actually my legal name. So um, there was nothing she could do. So, um, yeah, but it's so funny that on social media, I still get tagged, even though we are not the same gender, um, color. Uh, anything, I still receive probably 15 to 30 DMs on Twitter a day. People saying, loved your show today. Would love if you could help us with this. <laughs> it's a little bit over. So I just block them. I used to say, no, I'm sorry. This is the wrong person you want to do. Now I just block them. <laughs> wow. Do you ever get tempted to just kind of like fuck with them and start talking back and <laughs> I, I would totally no, because she's so vindictive I would never want to be, I don't want to be oh, part that's of the true. lawsuit so I just stay away from it and block them smart so you are Wendy Williams that is your legal name that is how you live but at one point in your life you were not Wendy Williams so you grew up in Kentucky ugh, how did yeah. you <laughs> ugh. well don't you ugh. live there now no I live in Tennessee now oh okay okay which is so... not that much better yeah in my mind i kind of blended them together but (laughs) so you you grew up in kentucky what was it like growing up as you and then how did you become wendy well just for the readers to know i mean i'm 43 years old so i grew up in a time before i I always think it's important for viewers i said readers i meant to say viewers but it's so important for viewers to understand that i um when i give the story i grew up before the internet and I grew up in Eastern Kentucky. And when I say that, people were like, well, why, you know, Eastern Kentucky is a lot different from the main part of Kentucky where we had the University of Kentucky or Louisville or Lexington. Coal mining was, you know, uh, poor. 
uh, very religious, white. Also, isn't that where all the good weed is from in Kentucky? Um, then I would have not known. My family was just just country bumpkin, so that would have never been even in, even in my mind frame. So growing up, you know, you're told that if you have different feelings that you're sinning. And so um, my childhood was riddled with really bad bullying in school and stuff because I was hyper feminine. Um, I, so I just became like the joking kid um, to make up for the fact that I had no idea anything about sexuality. I was raised by my great grandparents. My father was an alcoholic. Um, my mom did the best that she could do. Um, I was very blessed when I was in about uh, seventh grade. I moved in with my great grandparents who gave me a much uh, more stable life. And then I uh, went to college and it was once I got into college, the internet started becoming, um, well, computers started becoming something that sounds so ancient when I say that, but. No, I'm, we're similar in age. I'm actually older than yeah, you. I, I'm way older than you. Right. Yeah. So you, I mean, so you, you would relate though. So the computer started becoming something when I got into college and um, I started going to gay clubs. So I experimented as a gay male and it still did not feel correct. So I didn't transition until my mid twenties. And so, um, you know, growing up in, in Eastern Kentucky, now I look back and, you know, obviously, you know, uh, I think, Oh my goodness, I don't know how I did it, but I just didn't know. You just didn't know anything different. The only thing I knew is that I was different and I was bullied because I was different, but I had no idea that I was transgendered or even know what that was. I mean, I never saw a person of color until I was in college. So can you imagine from sexuality? Obviously, I didn't experiment. I didn't have sex with girls. I didn't experiment with boys. I didn't have sex until um, I was 20 years old um, mm. and definitely made up for it since then. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I was a very kind of sheltered boy then. Um, and then um transitioned and moved to Florida and then life kind of changed from then. So life kind of changed from then. You did When you moved to Florida, did you get into the adult industry? How did that happen? I did. And I think the reason why I did is because I was so sheltered sexually um, growing up. Um, I met someone, here goes age thing again. I met someone in an AOL chat room <laughs> as Wendy and um Things kind of gone, and he flew me to Florida. And you got to remember, I didn't even live as Wendy back then. I lived, I worked as a sh um, in the drag in the in the gay clubs as a drag queen. So I was oh. working um, at nighttime in the gay bars as Wendy, and then at the daytime, um, very androgynous. Um, I didn't have breasts. I wasn't on hormones. So I faked it and flew to Florida as a girl with a boy ID, and oh, it was just atrocious what I went through and did people give you shit along the way I mean oh, it, was it it was, it it was horrible I mean I didn't even pass it was really a bad decision but I was naive and stupid and you know the idea that a guy was attracted to the feminine side of me long story short we things um, hit off well and I moved to Fort Lauderdale Florida and was the best thing ever for me because I was forced to live full time at that time because he didn't know. I mean, he knew that I was early in my transition, but he didn't know that I didn't live at Wendy's time, but I was forced to then. And so I wow. ended up getting on hormones and then started like, you know, my surgeries and, and everything. And it was while I was with him that um, actually it was him who introduced me to Shimo Yum at the time. It was called Shimo Yum. Now it's called Groovy Girls. He, um, 
should have, which should have been a red flag to me. He introduced me to it and said, Oh, this, you know, you should try to shoot for this website. Come to find out he was just into fetish, fetishizing, um, the whole transsexual thing. And he was submissive and it was just, um, it was, it worked out fine, but relationship wise, it didn't. And, um, thus the career, um, I I became sexually liberated. It felt amazing that, that, that I felt comfortable with my body and that I was living my authentic self and that men found me attractive and that, you know, I could have sex and it, it just, everything felt right. And I never thought that, you know, that was um, 17 years ago. I never thought that it would turn into a career at that time. It was just something that I needed to make myself feel just to feel good about myself. And it worked out well. I can't believe how strong you are and how much, you have actually gone through to get to the point that you're at right now in your career. Um, I was having an interesting conversation with somebody the other day uh, because our daughter, our youngest daughter is genderqueer. She's got a, a young trans friend and we were talking about the possibility of her trans friend uh, at the age of 16, I believe they are wanting to go through uh, hormone therapy already. And like, I was in like the medical field for a long time and I thought about it at first and I was like, you know what would like, their body isn't completely done growing yet. And I just didn't know how I felt about it until I talked to a trans friend of mine who pointed out one really important thing. The suicide rate in trans people is so high that if something as simple as giving a 16 year old trans person hormones can stop them from the point where they're getting bullied and they feel good about themselves and they are in, you know, having some kind of forward motion for the first time in their lives that let them do it at, you know, even if it's at a young age and it's not a hundred percent above and beyond. What are your thoughts on that as far as like, uh, telling kids if they're, if they're uh, a younger person and they want to transition? See, I'm only, uh, let me just say that a lot of my opinions will probably not be what the overall majority of the of the population now probably you know is. we're not going to hold you to anything as a representative for all trans people okay, like, you're not all trans people you're wendy williams and wendy williams only and anything <laughs> right, you okay, say good. Is, well, i just want to make sure that you're listening oh yeah right i just want to make sure the listeners understood that you know my opinions are probably not going to be the most um i'm a little different i have i'm on the fence and i'll tell you why would i have loved to have transitioned at 16 years old 100 percent but but back then, I didn't have influences around me like many young children have today. So I have a fear that a lot of confused young boys, let's talk it because I can't, I'm not, my experiences are, are as a male to female. What makes me nervous is a lot of those, I mean, you know, I know a lot of friends that are just very hyper feminine boys or just gay boys. But as a young child, how do you know that you're not just a hyper-feminine, androgynous boy? Hormones are permanent, and they take a huge effect on you physically and mentally. So my fear is this, that now that they're, you know, that being trans is a lot more common and it's a lot more visible, how are we making sure that these kids and these young individuals are not making choices that the, that their life experiences could change immensely different, and and changing your body and then changing back, it, it just makes me nervous. It's a personal decision, and I think that children and their families should make those decisions. But my opinion now, if I was given advice, and, and it and it's hard because you do want to stop 
the you know uh, the puberty because it's going to be. But in the long term, I think it would be healthier if children make those decisions after 18 for themselves, after seeing a physician and seeing a psychologist, and that they are able to understand and weigh the options when it comes to making that decision because it's life changing. And like I said, I just don't know how someone's environment and, and, you know, jumping on that train, it just, it makes me nervous. And I just think that it's becoming very, very common. And I don't know if I could ever give the advice to, for someone to do it at a very young age. You know what? And I thought the exact same way as you do, just simply being the the stepdad to a, a 16 year old person and knowing how often they change their minds was one of the things that influenced me to think that, you know, the exact same thoughts that you're having. The only thing that made me have a little bit of pause is that number one, I'm not a trans person. I'm cis. So I don't have the same issues that somebody that who's trans does. And my only thought about the suicide thing was, well, if it stops somebody from killing, but you know, again, this is a person who's younger. Their brain is not going to be fully developed for a good another nine, 10 years. And they, they do change their mind on things. Sonny, what do you think about that? I think it's an individual decision. You know, I, I think case exactly. by case, yeah. I, I don't think there's a, a black and white answer. Like this is the right thing to do or this is the wrong thing to do. There's so many variables and so many factors that I think, each individual has to make that decision on their own. But like you said, a life is a life. If something's going to save a life, I'm all for yep. it. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, yeah. I think it is case by case. So yeah. I think you're both right on that. Yeah, I, I definitely. Let's just, yeah, the case by case. I think that would be the best answer because everybody has different experiences and um, hopefully families listen to I guess the, the, the main thing come out of that part of the conversation would be that 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 families are open to listen to that and at least give the children the options to speak to professionals about how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So we brought up depression and suicide a lot. And, you know, out of the LGBTQ community, trans people have the highest rates of suicide and depression. Has that been a part of your life as well? I have struggled with depression my entire adulthood. Um, and in fact, I'm actually going through, it's funny that we were talking about this earlier, is I'm going through a really odd bout of depression now. At, at 43, it's odd. I mean, even though I'm on medicine and, and everything, um, I think de my depression has come with several things. I don't think that civilian people that are not in porn understand how hard mentally that this can be on an individual. And then you add the fact that I'm transgendered. So when I started in the industry, um, and I've talked about this before, um, I didn't fit a scenario. I didn't fit a stereotype of, of what it was. So companies, uh, we were still making porn on VHS. So companies, straight company owned by cis men thought that in order to sell porn, that transgendered, you know, she males, trainees, whatever the word is at that time, um, had to be hyper feminine. So that most everyone, you know, looked like, you know, Gia Darling and Megan Chevalier and who were hyper playboyish, big boobs, bodied, hormoned, still functional, um, all these things. And then here I came along, you know, six foot tall, uh, red hair, um, husky voice. Um, I've never um, just I didn't fit, you know, not a size 
seven. Um, I didn't fit any stereotype of what it was. So when, but that's what made me popular at the time was because I didn't look like everything else. But I was crucified when, um, when I say crucified, I was crucified in reviews. And I rem- until to this day, 17 years ago, I can quote to you some of the worst things that were ever said about me. So it made me very, uh, it, it just made me, it made me feel horrible about myself. But from the business standpoint, I knew that I was good at it. Companies told me, large companies and that are still going now told me that I would never make it in the industry. In fact, one very prominent um, person who's still around, and I'm very good friends with them now, he told me one time, um, Wendy, you know, you should find that you're, you're never going to make a career of this. You're just too masculine. And, and he wasn't saying it to be mean, but you're trying to leave yourself as a woman. You're told that you're too masculine. But then you add to the point that, you know, your fans expect you to be able to get hard, expect you to come. So you can't take the hormones that you really need to, to, to transition properly, but you still enjoy the field of work that you're in. That's how I got into the PR side of it. It's because no companies would give me a chance because I just didn't fit, you know, what I was supposed to. So I think that triggered a lot of horrible feelings was reading the reviews of of DVDs that I would be in or fans that would post, oh, she sounds like a man. And I've never been the type of person that wanted to fake my voice or try to be, you know, I just, I just, it wasn't me. Um, if I could give advice to young trans women now, I would be say that's the first thing I wish that I would have worked on was vocal change. But now at 43, it's, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's, too late for me to try to to want to do that stuff. It doesn't affect my life the way it did then. Um, you know, and my weight was a huge problem. Um, so even though I'm a size 12, 14, um, on the trans side, I was constantly called fat, that I was constantly a BBW, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I was masculine. I was a BBW. And it just all that triggered horrible depression in me. So fast forward, um, I battled it on and off for years, but lately now I'm going through an age thing, which I think has now triggered all these horrible things in me. And it's just trigger points that do it. Um, you know, I'm coming to the end of something that I've known for seven, how long to get emotional, even talking about it. I'm coming to the end of something I've done for 17 years. I mean, this is all that I know, but I know that it's time for it to come to an end. Does that make sense? Yeah. So are you, you know, re- are you retiring or are you? I'm getting very close to getting close to it, but it's, but it's all that I know. So it's a very scary thing to do, but at my age, I'm not getting the same opportunities that, um, you know, there's beautiful young um, trans stars that are coming up and I understand it, you know, 17 years ago, I would have screamed and fought, but sadly on this industry, you know, on the straight side, they have milk categories and it's very popular on the trans side. We don't have that. They don't have that sub niche of, you know, the cougar and the milk and stuff and companies just don't use us. So, you know, I'm starting to feel like I did 17 years ago where I just wasn't given opportunities. I felt like, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm begging for opportunities that I should not have to beg for. And just, I I think it's time that becoming time to bow out. 
but it's scary because it's the only thing I, I've only known the adult industry as a career. This is not something, you know, if people follow my career, I mean, I've done everything in my genre. So, um, and I've been consistently working for 17 years. I've not taken breaks. I've not, you know, disappeared for times. I've not come and gone. I've not retired and then started again. You know, I've done this for 17 consecutive years. And the industry on my side, um, there's not a lot of companies and or even the young girls that are loyal to their aging stars. So I think that has really hit me a lot. So I think that 2018, unless things miraculously change, I think it's coming to the end of me performing. And uh, so I think that's triggered a lot of uh, uh, depression lately. And, and the fact that I live in Tennessee and it's cold and it's dark and, uh, you know, it just, it's just affected. So lately I've been in a funk, and which is kind of odd for me because I've always thought that I was strong enough to get through it. But in the last, you know, probably two or three months, it's really, and then all these talks of, you know, suicide and stuff in our industry is, is just, it starts triggering you to start, not that I'm suicidal because I've, I've never, fortunately never got to that point, but it still triggers very nasty feelings in you, especially as an actress. And I don't think our fans understand what we go through between the bullying online the feeling of, of constantly being um, judged, even though we, I choose that. I chose to put my body on display for people. Um, I'm smart enough to know that people are going to make comments. I know that people are going to have their opinion. Um, keyboard, you know, keyboard warriors are everywhere, but we're still human and we still have those emotions. And unfortunately, this is part of being a human. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too, if you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing! Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. That was the best orgasm ever. I know you're fancy and I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart or, well, <clears throat> other parts desire at Lelo.com using discount code S-U-N-N-Y. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. Is there any chance that, although you might not be in front of the camera going forward, is there any chance you might be behind the camera, either doing directing or producing of adult videos? No, because there's no opportunity. As You know, this is one of the big problems I have with the industry, and maybe I'll become a voice um, that will fight for this. Trans performers are not given the same opportunities as our, as especially our female counterparts. That's the reason why... You, 
name one mainstream company like Evil Angel or anything that has, you know, they have trans lines, but they're read by females. They're not, they're right. not run or run by guys. They're not run by trans stars. You know, so you would think, you know, I have 17 years of experience. I know what this industry, like my niche is about. You would think, and I've reached out for years, you know, begging for that opportunity. But sadly, companies just don't do that. And that just, that's just these people in power um, think that, you know, oh, well, uh, we won't let a guy do it, but we'll let a girl do it because that makes them feel better about that, you know, which goes back to the thing that, you know, females and trans females are not given the same opportunities in the industry. So that makes them feel better about themselves by letting a female do it. But that's still not fair to the trans performers because we're not given, I mean, how many aging female stars are given that opportunities? Not a lot, but they're still given opportunities that I'll never be given. Um, you know, if a company gave me the opportunity, I would pack up and move to Vegas and LA in a moment. But those opportunities, it's just like with my PR business. Um, I created Hot Windy PR almost 10 years ago because there were, and many people have given me the credit, there were no trans performers with none that were, that had publicists because we weren't seen as equals. And I wasn't given the same opportunities. And I have a bachelor's degree in marketing. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. This is not happening. I'll just do it myself. And I started doing it myself. But now um, my young ladies in the industry have no knowledge of what I've done for the niche. They don't care. They're young. They're naive. And they're going, um, they're hiring publicists because they see um, you know, very famous porn stars and their female counterparts were publicists. So they go to them and they don't ever, you know, come to me um, because um, they don't think they're going to get the same type of uh, acknowledgement because I'm trans and then I'm still, you know, and they think it's a conflict because I'm still um, uh, in the industry, but I've already accomplished everything that they're trying to. So it's not a competition. So I'm just, my hands are kind of tied at this moment. I mean, maybe an opportunity will arise. I'm going, to, I'm going to assert myself a little bit more over the next four to five months and see where I can uh, find, you know, I'd like to stay in the business somehow. I know that I have 17 years of experience in this and I'd hate to, to turn my back from the industry, but hopefully there's something there and it'll come up. But right now it's not looking uh, promising, but you know, I've heard it before, no, many times, and I've always, you know, been able to do it. So I'm just hoping that in January, when I head to LA in Vegas, that I can start putting the traps out and somebody falls for, uh, falls for something. And then, you know, I can, I can get them in once I start talking to them and they see that I actually know what I'm talking about, that maybe, you know, opportunities will happen a little bit more. You know, and you've been, like you said, you've been doing this for 17 years, and that's a ton of experience in any job to know the ins and outs of everything. And I can guarantee you that there are some people on the production side of things from some of the major companies listening to this podcast, because many of them are our friends. So I think that this may be a good opportunity, at least for them to reconsider all the experience that they've had, and, uh, you know, especially with trans people not being given the same opportunities. And I, you know, I, I know that I have a lot of privilege on all sides. I'm white, I'm cis, I'm male, and I have like tattoos, which are also, believe it or not, another form of privilege. I can get out of like tickets just by like looking at a cop and letting him know I used to be in the military. 
Um, but or, or letting him think you're that one rock star because you're letting, yeah, no, I've done that before. Yeah, I totally lied because, like, I've got full sleeve tattoos, but um, you, you don't have all of those privileges. And I think that people are sex positive that are in the industry, but maybe they haven't considered everything that you have to say. And I maybe, maybe they'll hear this and maybe they'll either give you an opportunity or, or, or change their minds or, or do something going forward to tap into 17 fucking years of experience in this field. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, and it's just not the trans industry. I mean, the industry is the industry. If you've been a part of it, you've been a part of, you know, some point, you know, I have great relationships, you know, with a lot of companies. And I think that's the reason why I've started going to, I made a, a conscious effort in that in 2018 that I'm going to go to more events. I kind of shot away from the last, I moved to Tennessee. I opened a, a gay bar and, and kind of been, um, you know, doing other things, trying to find out, but I'm just not happy in that other, you know, I'm still always find myself back in the, at the industry, which is so odd because I, I said, I'm getting out of this. It's time to go. But when it's all that you've done and I enjoy, I still enjoy being a part of it. I don't enjoy the politics. I don't enjoy the hypocrisy of many things. I don't enjoy the, um, uh, but that's just normal on any job that you have those, you know, those issues and stuff. But I know the industry. I know marketing. I know I was able to take the fact that I was a six foot um, baritone voice, transgendered individual and, you know, compete with some of the most beautiful trans women that have ever have come through the industry. I have a website that's been in production for 10 plus years. I'm one of a handful of transsexuals to ever have a toy line through a major company. I've won every, almost every award there is. And, and some people will say, Oh, you did it because of your PR. Well, yeah, I did. I did. I didn't win all those awards because I had the biggest cock and I was the best performer ever. I did those because number one, I used this as a business and I promoted myself and I, you know, I'm a strong entertainer and, and, and these awards most of the time are, are, are based on your overall, um, uh, uh, presence for your, you know, the industry and stuff. And of course, politics take place, but that's important in any job that's, that just shows that you're able to, you know, you're able to get along with the people that you need to get along with to get things done. So we'll see. I mean, maybe performing, who knows? I still enjoy having sex in front of the camera and maybe some of the companies will wake up and see that there still is a place for the over 40, uh, entertainers, you know, work. There's a lot of over 40 entertainers that are starting new. I mean, you see a lot of 30 plus that are just getting into the industry. You know what? I'm actually into gilf porn and I found like a whole series of people that are just getting oh, into Lord, this in their sixties. <laughs> No, seriously, oh, yeah. like it's 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 people that are in their sixties and they're getting into it for the first time in their lives. See, Wendy, you're just too young. Give it a few years. Yeah, give it twenty years, <laughs> no, Wendy. What the yeah. fuck? I'm gonna look at it that way, Sonny. I'm just too young for this. <laughs> but in my industry, if you go look at my industry, which is sad right now, it's the and now let me when I say this. Uh, there will be someone to say, Wendy's hating on, no, 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 I'm not hating on anyone. I I hate that word. I'm not hating on anyone because like I said, I've already done it. So, but it's the same handful of entertainers given the same handful of opportunities right now. If you go to the trans market, it's Aubrey Kate, Chanel Santini, Natalie Mars, 
Casey Kisses. It's the same group of entertainers, which is fine because when I was in my heyday, it was the same group. It was me, Alana Starr, Daniela Fox, Joanna Jett, um, Gia Darling. I get it. But the problem is, is they're missing, a, like, larger these companies are missing a market that is still there. I would not be in the industry. I can market myself, but if people are not buying my websites and buying my scenes and joining my OnlyFans and, you know, buying my products and stuff, I couldn't still be, you know, I still have to make money. So obviously 17 years later, they, they're not privy to my bank account. I'm still a comfortable living, a comfortable lifestyle in the adult industry. Otherwise, I couldn't do this full time. Thank God for camming and thank God for, you know, the market has changed a lot. The day of porn stars is over because anybody with a form of video can, you know, capture themselves and say, oh, I'm a porn star. I'm truly the end of the era of porn stars of, of, of our times because we don't have those anymore. DVDs and NBA, you know, DVDs and stuff are, are becoming obsolete. But you still have to evolve with the industry and I'm still doing that. So hopefully evil angel and devils and there's this new company that told me pretty much I, there's a new company. I'm just going to call them out called trans angels. And I'm very interested in that company. I think that they're shooting beautiful work, but I was pretty much told that my weight was an issue. And if you look on their site, they don't have hardly anyone over a certain size which is stupid because one of the biggest markets that I appeal to is the fact that I'm a voluptuous, you know, I have 46 double D tits. I have 46 inch hips. I have a large ass. They're missing out on a huge opportunity for, you know, I think in the BBD market, they would call me a, a pog. And they're missing out, a, you know, a whole um, thing on that because they obviously is owned by a bunch of, uh, cis men who are looking at that again, life rotates itself, the hyper feminine girls with, you know, that are extremely passable and have the Mickey Mountain voices. Well, that's great, but they're missing out on a market. Um, hopefully they will wake up and see that they should be, if it's not me, that they should be, you know, getting people over the age of 25 would be nice. And so, and the body gives, you know, it's still an opportunity. And, and the older companies that have shot me years ago, you know, would re-examine, I mean, my scenes are still selling on their websites and stuff. I just think when you become a certain age and people have been around, they just think it's time for new blood. And then they kind of forget. And I think this probably happens on the, Sunny, when you think that it kind of happens on the, on the, on the female side too, in a certain extent that if it's that unless you're Nina Hartley, I mean, it's not, there's not a, do you think that they do the same way? They kind of forget their aging actresses to a, a certain point? I think so. And I think that, you know, that goes across all media, really. Yeah. That there yeah. there may be a, a handful of people that have longevity like Nina Hartley. and the, But they're right. very, there's a very few certain niche people that, re, you know, they're known to, to be BBWs or they're known to be older or that right. sort of thing. And a lot <laughs> right. of, you know, and it makes me sad because a lot of what we talk about, even on the podcast, it repeatedly comes up, even in our lives, is that it makes people feel so much better when they turn on porn and they don't see the same, you know, manufactured cookie cutter looking people. They see people that look like them. They see people like they see walking down the street in front of their house. They see average bodies. They see a variety of bodies and ages and people like that. And it's it's like you said, the guys at the top, you know, the cis white men saying, oh, this is what people want and let's keep pushing it out. However, I did hear 
what, a few months ago, for the first time, there was a website that took the, the categories of slurs, you know, the T word or ca- categorizing things as she-male off all their websites. Do you think, A, that's a good thing? And do you see uh-huh. the rest of the industry starting to or following them? Or do you think, think it's think not going to happen? Groovy, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, let's just get on that topic. Good topics there. First of all, let me say that the... Um, because I'm going to offend a group of people and I don't want to do that. I'm just going to say, again, this is just my opinion. I think that we have become extremely politically correct in porn. And I think that it's, especially in our niche, it's stupid. So let me just say that the word shemale and tranny to me absolutely means nothing. I lived that time frame. I understand that companies at that time needed words to convey what they were selling to the lame guy that was watching porn. And and unless you lived during that time and experienced it during that time, then these young feminist queer movement trans girls are doing a huge injustice to those of us that actually fought for, for them to be able to have their opinions. So the Chelsea Pose and those individuals who crucify me because I still have no problems with the word tranny should be saying, thank you, Wendy, because if it wasn't for myself and Joanna Jett and Gia Darling and individuals during that time who fought with AVN and XBiz to be part of the um, straight uh, industry award shows because the gays didn't want us in their side because we're, you know we don't appeal to gay males. The straight side they had no idea what to do with us, so we were just left in this oblivion mist of, well, what do we do with them? And it was us who fought for them. So when an entertainer tells me that I can't use the, the word tranny, I say to them, fuck you. I'm 43 years old. I have lived as a trans woman for 20 plus years. Um, so you're doing an injustice to the people before you. Um, I understand the word shemale. I don't like it when guys say to me, and they're just saying it out of ignorance and not being educated. Oh, you're my favorite shemale. I say, um, honey, but you know, I'm your just say I'm your favorite entertainer. I'm your favorite, you know, trans star. The word tranny, I don't understand how it's become a slur. I've tried to be open-minded to the fact that some people are offended by it. So this is what I say to people. If you're offended by it, then don't use it. But don't say that all trans people are offended by it. I'm not offended by it. I don't give words that much power. So if companies want to get rid of the word shemale, I get that large companies should do that because there's been a shift. I get that. Imagine, this is what I try to explain to these younger kids, imagine you are a person who's never experienced um, a transgender person. We should be educating them what it is to be trans, not worrying about what words they're using. I mean, that should be part of the discussion, but I think sometimes we pick the wrong discussions to have at the wrong time. So if a guy, and most men, their first um, uh, time being around a trans person is through porn. It's healthy. So, so you know, yes, I understand why we're now getting away from using the word shemale. A lot of these entertainers are taking on too much and giving words way too much power when we should be worrying about the fact that trans people of color are getting murdered at a much higher rate um, than most um, other minorities at this moment. The fact that uh, most trans women are having to turn to sex work, um, which is nothing wrong, 
but then which is leading to um, addiction and leading to um, um, living in hotels and not living an authentic life because they don't give the same opportunities. And not everyone needs to be a part of sex work. Not everyone can handle this. So they're being driven to a conscience of work that they just can't handle. Or the fact that most trans people don't come from, um, don't have proper health care. Or that a lot of trans people are committing suicide because they have no places to turn to, to be educated, to get the proper medical um, thing to transition. And they're getting, uh, trans women are having um, illegal procedures in hotel rooms and dying of silicone injections. Those are the discussions that need to be to be held, not the fact that the word training or is being used. I just think that we're doing a huge injustice to our um, our niche. I think we're doing. I think that we're eating at each other like a pack of wolves over words when there's so much more that we should be focusing on. And I don't think that those voices are being given enough credit because we're too worried about being uh, politically correct or being hypersensitive to, you know, of words. And I just think that, you know, it's the reason why I stay quiet on the subject because I'm so, it, it irritates me. But again, it's part of the fact that I'm part of an aging group and um, the new voices are much louder because there's so much more of them than there are those of us that are still around in the industry at the moment. You know what's interesting? I think I've had almost this exact same conversation with Buck Angel. Oh, well, me and Buck are literally, it's, uh, yeah, well, that's because me and Buck are from the exact same, I mean, we started around the same time. We've had this conversation. Buck is not given, these new um, female to males should be ashamed of the way they treat him because Buck, there was trans stars before me that were, that were, you know, uh, male to female um, that, so I can't take the credit, but Buck can literally stand up and take the credit for putting um, female to male on the map. And for, and I watched these young trans men literally like eating their own because of things that Buck says. And we had the same discussion about words. Like it's, it's the fucking word tranny. Really? Are we really that upset about it? Is is it really affecting you of all the things in, that it, that's going on in your lifestyle? That's what's bothering you. This is what we want to work up. We want to argue about. And it's usually a part of this movement that's going on. And, and I've had to block them on social media. And, and then I feel sad for like the you know Avian and Xbiz and all these companies because these voices are so loud and they're just like oh my god what do we do and and they and, and then and then they they cave in to some of this nonsense and then I'm sitting here thinking why are we doing I understand why Groovy and Shemo Strokers and all those companies are getting worried because it is time Shemo is a it's an icky word and I get it does it you know does it bother me now? But does, you know, does it make me cringe a little bit? Yes. Tranny, not at all. That's the reason why when someone says, oh, that's a slur. And I'm like, is it really? Does it really bother you that much? I mean, I would, I don't want to be called a, you know, I, there's so much other things to worry about. So me and Buck are peas in a pod when it comes to that. We're probably going to be like the old guy and the old girl sitting at the coffee table. The young damn youngins and shake our canes in the air, and, you know. But I mean, <laughs> get off my lawn. Right? I mean, that's that's what it is. But sadly, um, this niche will never continue to cast its net outward unless they unless um, these discussions are had. And I think me and Butter, me and Buck are becoming the old people that 
you know, and so we're speaking out. And I've said this the other day, I'm just going to start speaking out. And if people don't like it, then fuck you. You know, what are you going to do? You're not going to book me. Okay. That's already not happening. Um, you're not going to invite me to your, you know, your, uh, your uh, powwow at an event. Okay. You're not going to give me an award. Well, fuck you. I already have one. So, I mean, what, what's the consequences for me speaking out? What, what, what are they going to do? They can't blackball me. Um, you know, all they can do is just, you know, continue ignoring me, um, which just causes me to get louder. So I just, I just, I think that maybe that's what lately, if you've seen how many times lately I have typed on Twitter and on social media and then went back and deleted it because I'm like, it, do I want to do this at this time? Do, you know, I've reached, it's just, oh Lord, it's just, it's just part of the, um, industry right now there's so much going on right now don't you feel it kind of chaotic at the moment oh totally and you know what your voice is completely valid with this stuff and when you're when you're giving your opinion on this you're speaking for wendy williams you're not speaking for every single person who's in even remotely the same situation as you and i think that people have to look at the history behind everything from how the words developed to why we do what we do and what freedoms we have for those that have carried the torch before us. Buck in particular, I saw not too long ago because he's coined the word trampa, <laughs> which I think is fucking brilliant, first of all. But I saw somebody giving him shit about it. And it's like, I really think they need to like, before you declare something an activist word, maybe take a look at where the word came from, what it affects the majority of people that are in that situation and maybe listen to a little bit of the wisdom that no, you're sharing. But they're not going. No, I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying they need to listen. And and that's the thing is a lot of you know, a lot of the conversations that are had, especially on the trans side, are, are some valid points. And, you know, I, I get it. I mean, they just had a if you were on the X Biz forums, there was this big huge blow up recently about um a panel discussion that they were gonna have and they and it was a gay director was going to have a trans star on there talking about it was just weird and i said to them you know why can't we just have an all you know trans panel talking about trans issues when you start mixing gay porn with trans porn it starts crossing a very odd line we're still not at that point and this individual who identifies as queer just kind of started going off on me and was like, well, she had, she, she's part of the queer movement and she's part of the queer porn. And I was like, but see, that's the problem. Layman individuals are still trying to figure out what's trans. So you guys are now just going to open up a whole new book of labels and, and things and throw them into it and expect people to swim. Like it's sometimes it's like when you start waiting in, in high water and you start getting close to the end and then all of a sudden someone grabs you with the hook and pulls you back in the deep end and says, swim harder and you're tired. And I think that's what's happening with, with the discussions need to be had, but I think that you need to start at A before you get to Z. And I still don't think we've even got to B on a lot of these discussions and we're still adding too much to the pot. And again, people like me and Buck are looked at like we're the crazy, you know, Christians on the side of the road saying God is coming, you're damned and stuff. And sometimes I feel like people look at me like that crazy woman doing, you know, doing that and everything. But it's not. I mean, we have we have life experiences that they don't have. Um, on the trans side, it's usually it's this um, individual was attacking me the other day on Twitter. And when I say this, Again, it's not body shaming or anything, but it's usually an older trans person that could not function 
impassibility in such a society, let alone live an authentic trans life, yelling at me on what labels I should use. And unless you put into work to, you know, in this lifestyle, then I don't understand how you're preaching to other people on what they should or shouldn't do. And sadly, in the industry right now, we're going through that. And it's not just happening on the trans side. If you look across, it's happening on all over things. We're, you know, the crossover dilemma that's going on now, the cyberbullying that's going on with fans and, and fellow performers. Um, uh, let's talk about interracial. I mean, there's still the fact that interracial is still uh, such a taboo niche subject or the fact that uh, sexual harassment is still um, rampant in the uh, sex industry, but because we're sex workers, uh, you can't be sexually harassed if you're a sex worker. Oh, really? There's so many things that are going on in the sex industry, but we will eat our own before we um, ever talk about those topics because it's easier for us to fight about marginal, small things than it is to tap the elephant in the room. And if the industry doesn't do that soon, I think it's going to self-destruct. And it just gives people that are against the industry talking points when they have their meetings and stuff. And they go, well, look, they can't even get along or, or they're doing this or they're doing that. But yet we're not handling it within our own industry, let alone our own niches at the moment. You know, I think a good takeaway from this is that I know that Buck has had like the exact opposite issue of you and that people are saying that his point or his point of view isn't valid because he's too passable. And I think that passability, first and foremost, should that people should realize that there is a lid for every pot and there's a need for every kind of trans person, whether, you know, you're you're passable, not passable. I really don't think it matters. I think that the the variety is what's important there. So, Wendy, we wanted to thank you for being on the show today, and I cannot express enough how heartfelt and amazing your words were, and I hope that people can like learn from some of the wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you. I can't believe it's almost over. Again, if, just real quick, if any of the listeners would like to um, check out my Twitter at T.S. Wendy Williams, that's the best thing I'm on. You know, I'm active on it. It's just not just my porn. It's things are going on. Um, I own a gay bar in Cookville, Tennessee. So if they're ever in the Tennessee area, which is exactly between Knoxville and Nashville, Nashville, we're open every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Come out and see the drag shows. Come out and hang out with us and everything. It's a really good time. And hopefully that if anyone has any questions or any of the topics I touched on um, offended anyone, just shoot me an email. I love having open dialogue. You never know. I mean, you're never too old to stop learning. So if someone has a different perspective that they think that they would like to talk about, I'm very open to that. I think that's important and very, very important. And thank you guys for finally uh, letting me come on the show. I didn't want to aggravate you guys to death about it, but you know, I'm a huge Sunny <laughs> fan and I didn't want to be like, seem like a, like a stalker. Aww. And uh, uh, so I finally was Aww. like, well, I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to get on. So thank you guys for letting me come on. You know what? And I'm so fucking bummed we didn't know about your bar but when we were teaching at University of Tennessee in Knoxville. I wish we would have known. Oh, my God. You're an hour away from me. Yeah. Literally from me we would have come to visit (laughs) yeah well next time yeah we just have to come back go back to tennessee we'll hang out at the bar we'll have some drinks we'll have a great (laughs) old time and i can't believe this this time has blown by so fast but thank you so much for talking to us and uh all listeners if you're wondering like where did i go i didn't get that address on twitter don't worry everything's in the show notes at american sex 
podcast.com and sunnymegatron.com. And bye, Wendy. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit sunnymegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching or to book us to teach at your event or university or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.